Hey everyone, I'm Gracie and welcome to Grace of a Military Child podcast. The world should know how unique military children are. We may look like normal children on the outside, but we go through some pretty extraordinary circumstances that shape us to the leaders we are today. That is the sole purpose of this podcast, to share our stories to the world. Well, hello, Kathleen. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good, Gracie. How are you? I'm doing good. So you're here because you're a military child, of course, and you've actually joined the service yourself, right? Yep, that's right. I'm a fourth class cadet at the Air Force Academy. Awesome. So who served in the military, your mom or your dad or both? So both my parents are uh, class of 93 West Point grads, and my mom served for 11 years, and then my dad served for around 20-ish. Awesome. What were their jobs in the military? So my mom worked a lot with NSA, and then my dad, he um, graduated from West Point, and then he worked in a ranger unit for a bit, and then he uh, went to med school, and then he was a neurosurgeon in the military. That's super cool. Yeah. So they were both in the Army since they both graduated Mm -hmm. from West Point. Um, Were you born into the military life then? Yeah. So I was born eight years into both of their service. So I was born in 01. So I was, yeah, and I was born at the hospital my dad was stationed at. So. Oh, that's even cooler. And what hospital was that at? Uh, Walter Reed in Maryland. That's super cool. Did you attend schools on a military base or did you attend like a regular public school outside of base at any point? Yeah. So in Maryland, I was really young. So I just went to like a local church preschool. Uh, When my dad got stationed at uh, Lewis McCord in Washington, I went to a public school like outside of base. And then in San Antonio at um, Fort Sam Houston, I went on base. And then when we moved to Georgia, I uh, went back to public school because there wasn't a military base around. So, yeah, so yeah. you had a lot of time in just a normal public school yeah. rather than a military school. Mm-hmm. That must have been a cool experience. What was that like? I found that the two, like the public schools and then going to like a base, a base school, they were very similar. But obviously the base schools had like a different variety of people. Yeah since everybody's coming from all parts of the world and it was just really diverse. So that's something I really admired about like going to a base school, um, going to a public school, not a lot of kids, like parents were in the military there. They would go to the base schools obviously more, but um, yeah, overall I liked going to the base schools more because it was like, I was with kids that knew like what I was going through. Like yeah. I was with kids whose parents were getting deployed. I was with kids whose parents were coworkers with mine. And so it was really cool like to have that connection with everybody. Yeah. I think the same. Cause I was in a public school, let's see, for nine years. And then after leaving Texas in 2014, I spent six years around six years in a normal public school again and military school you cannot replicate it at all. Yeah. There's nothing better than it at all. It's so much better to be surrounded by people who know your situation, um, maybe mm-hmm. not fully, but to a certain extent where you can connect with them more on a, mm-hmm. on a different level. So since you've lived in a couple different areas, 
uh, where was your favorite state to live or favorite base to live on? It's hard to say like where my favorite place to live was just because it was all in different parts of my life. Like um, I really liked living in Texas because like I could just run around base free. Like my mom was like, go run, like be free. And yeah. I could like do whatever I wanted and nobody had to worry about me getting like taken or stolen. Right. And so like, I really liked that as a kid. I was just like running wild all the time and it was like in a safe area. Um, also the Mexican food in Texas is better than everywhere else I've lived. Yes. You cannot find good Mexican food anywhere else. No. It all is terrible. Yes. <laughs> I like living in Georgia a lot, too, because um, I was really close to the beach, and I could drive, so I had, like, that freedom. But, yeah, so I, I think living in Texas and Georgia were my, my favorites. And then, do you remember anything of living in Walter Reed, or were you too young at the time? Yeah, I was I was really too young. Um, I remember like going on walks with my grandma while my parents were at work, but that's about it. And then, so since then, what have you been up to? Well, basically my entire high school job was getting into an academy. I was super set on getting into an academy. It was West Point, but then I decided I wanted to fly like my grandpa did. Um, my grandpa was a chief warrant officer in the army back in Vietnam and he flew helicopters and fixed wings. So I wanted to continue that in the family. Um, I am now on the weightlifting team here. So that's a big part of my life. Yeah. Um, in high school, I was a competitive swimmer still. I'm sure you remember I was a swimmer yes. in Texas. I was always swimming. You are always swimming. I continued that throughout high school. Um, I didn't want to be a recruited athlete. I was sick and tired of it. And so I, <laughs> I moved on. Yeah. And so now I'm a weightlifter. That's super cool. So what made you join the Air Force other than wanting to fly? I think a big part of it was growing up in like a military household with two academy rad parent, uh, parents because like you just see the atmosphere yeah that surrounds them um like my parents exude respect and they exude loyalty to their country and they just exude confidence everywhere they go and people pick up on like their auras mm -hmm. um and I see how influential they are and I was like I want to be someone like that like I want to be someone that can help people I want to be like a leader I want to be able to influence like young soldiers one day like my parents did um and like obviously there's no better place to do that and influence people than there is in the military yeah. so I was like it's a win-win yes do you think if your parents weren't in the military, you'd still be in the military today? To be honest, like, I might have applied here, like, because of financial situations and stuff. Mm -hmm. I Like, I, I was very set on my parents not having to pay anything for college. Um, but I don't think that I would have the same view as the military. Um like, I think having parents that were in the military, like, really taught me the value of it. Yeah. How important it is, like, how important it is to our country. So I think I might have still joined, but I don't think I'd have the same outlook on it. Yeah. Or, like, the same positive outlook. Right. It would have been a different, different yeah. feeling going into it rather than what you feel now going into yeah. it. Do you plan to stay in the Air Force? 
yeah, I do. I hope to fly for a few years and then hopefully maybe come back and uh, teach here. And then I uh, hope to maybe be like a base, a base commander and then hopefully maybe one year come back and be the comrade here. So I definitely want to stay in for as long as I can. That would be a good experience even to tell your children to one day. Yeah. Um, so your parents both met at West Point. Uh, they graduated the same year as each other, yes. and then they've both since kind of experienced the service for a few years, and then uh, your mom has gotten out, right? Mm-hmm. And then my dad retired. So since their retirement, you've lived in Georgia. Mm-hmm. You've just lived in Georgia the rest? I've just lived in Georgia, yeah. Yeah, just since then. And then how was that? Did you experience any of, especially mainly on your dad's side, since, you know, he was in for longer, did you experience anything that you missed the military life after he got out? Or what was that like? I definitely think he missed the working environment. Like the working environment is like no other. Like on top of your job, you're also having to lead and you're having to keep up with PT and yes, do all this other stuff that like p- normal civilian workers would never dream about doing at their job. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think he missed that part of it. But, uh, you know, after serving for 20 years and like accomplishing everything that he accomplished, I think that he was a little burnt out. And so it was a nice break to get out. But, you know, yeah. whenever we do go to a military base, you just see the twinkle in his eye. So he misses it a little bit. Yeah, there's nothing like being on a base again. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as a child, what did you experience living the military life? Uh, well, definitely my uh, my upbringing was much different. Yes. Um, one thing that was very different that the military like definitely influenced like my my upbringing was like how my parents punished me. Yeah. Like, other kids' parents would, like, ground them or, like, take away their stuff. Like, my parents would be like, hey, we're going to the pull-up bar. You're going to be <laughs> And I was like, what? Like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, my dad's, like, screaming at me while I do push-ups and stuff like that. But um, that was a big – that was something that I noticed stuck out. Um, let me see. My parents definitely had a lot more trust in me. Yes. I do feel that way. They uh, they brought me up, you know, how West Point, like West Point instilled duty, duty on our country and them. And so, like, my parents brought me up, like, knowing those values um, and, like, treating me as an adult basically my entire life. Like, they always trusted me until I gave them a reason not to, mm-hmm. which was a, a definitely a big thing. Um, they, they basically treated me like how they would treat, like, someone they were training. So that was a big difference. I'm sure, yeah. It's definitely a different experience living the military life than it is the civilian side of life. And mm-hmm. I kind of experienced the civilian life for about seven to eight years before my dad rejoined the military. And then it was a completely different experience because you're held to higher standards. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, you really can't slip up because if you slip up, then you know, your parents are the one really who are taking the blame for it. So yeah, I do. I get that. Um, And then you have a younger sibling, right? You have a little brother. Yep. So how was the relationship between you and your brother, even in the military life? Um, 
my brother and I definitely were a lot closer than most siblings that I've met um outside of base um I, like whenever we moved around like I I knew I always had my little brother and so yeah. we were always super close um which is something that you know civilians don't experience because they they're always going to have their friends there you know their little sibling might just be like a pest or annoying and they right. might not think much about him but like when you move around all the time like they're your rock and so you just have a different type of relationship with them like it's a it's a much more valued relationship I think I would not be where I am without my sister like it's definitely hard moving and a lot of people move much more than I even did I only had two moves it would have been so much harder without her. So mm-hmm. it's hard to make friends when you move to a military base, yeah, move base to is. base, and you always have your sibling being your friend. Mm-hmm. Um, how was it making friends at new bases? Was it hard for you? Did you seem like you find found friends quickly? I I found friends quickly. Like, I never had trouble making friends. Um... But, like, it was definitely nerve-wracking. Because, you know, I like, in the sixth grade, I moved three times in one year. And that was a lot. Like, that was so overwhelming. Because I had to make three sets of new friends each, like, time I moved. And then it was, like, only friends with them for a couple months. And so it was, like, I know I don't, like, fit in. I was also, like, okay with knowing that. If yeah. that makes sense. Yes. Um, but I think the hardest time making friends was like our last move. And I was like, I really need to like pick who I'm going to be friends with, um, because I'm going to be with them like through the rest of high school. So yeah. that was a lot more nerve wracking, I think. Yeah. Cause when typically you're only there for a, maybe two years, three years on average, you're only there and then, you know, you're moving again or maybe you know, a couple months into it, your best friend moves and then you have to find yeah. a new friend and there's never really a consistent friend group because someone's always moving. Yeah. So how have you gotten through that? Have you stayed in contact with a lot of people or have you found ways to to cope with that? Mm, I I haven't stayed in touch with a lot of people. I've stayed in touch with a couple people, but um, that's mainly because I found out they were joining the service too. Yeah. Um, or they live near me. But most of the friends I've stayed in touch with have been um from my hometown, and yeah. I really think that's just because like we uh we went through that like maturing period together. Um, uh, like when I lived in Texas, you know, I was young. Mm-hmm. I uh I had the the new iPhone or whatever, yes. but like I had no clue how to use it. I was like, <laughs> social media existed back then. So exactly. it's like, no, like I had to start searching people a couple years ago when everything like blew up on Snapchat and Instagram. But um, yeah, no, I haven't really stayed in touch with anybody, but I mean, that's okay. I, I know that they're doing like their best lives and everything. So I'm fine. I'm fine knowing that. It's a little different than doing a normal move from in a civilian life because you try to stay in touch with those people and if you lose contact with them, you don't know where they are. You don't know how they're doing. 
mm-hmm. uh, they could not be living the best life, but in the military, you have more of that security that they're doing okay because, mm-hmm. you know, they were raised in the military. And I mean, there are some cases where it's not, but most of the time you still, you can trust that they're doing good and have that faith in that Yeah, they're doing pretty good. So high school, was that harder or easier because you kind of had more of a stable environment of not moving as much? You had the friends with you throughout high school. Yeah, so it definitely was a big help for me uh, just because in order to get into an academy, I had to have this like really strict resume and having my contacts that I've known since that move um, and just like growing with them and like them seeing my journey like from seventh to 12th grade and that helped a lot. Um, So like whenever I asked a teacher for recommendation, like they knew me personally, they could write me a recommendation easily. Um, I didn't have to just like show up my senior year and join a sports team trying to get the captain position without knowing anybody. Yeah. I didn't have to, you know, go to my congressional and uh, senatorial meetings and it just be like, oh, like, I just moved here. I don't know anything about the state. Right. I just want a nomination from you. So it, it made the experience a lot more personal. So. Do you think it would have been a lot harder to get to where you are today if you had been moving during those years? Oh, yeah, 100%. And then. So you've been in the Air Force. What have you accomplished since then? So I'm a fourth class cadet here. Um, I accomplished BCT, which is basic cadet training. It's like BMT, kind of. And uh, I accomplished my first semester here. Um, I made the dean's list. Um, I'm ranked pretty high in my class. I accomplished recognition and I got my prop and wings yeah that's Um, really awesome yeah I and and and, I mean like I've done this during COVID so that's a big accomplishment it is for sure yeah because you're not only living a completely different lifestyle than you were uh Mm -hmm. more or less in the stable environment but now you've moved and you're adjusting to being in the military yourself, not just, mm-hmm. you know, living the life as a child. What was that transition like? Was it hard? Did you kind of know what to expect? Yeah, so um, <laughs> I I came here knowing what to expect because of my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that it was going to be hard. Yeah. I knew that I was going to be, you know, torn down and... I had to rebuild myself and I had to like have that strong mentality coming in here. My mom especially prepared me for it because she uh, was a woman back in the 80s and 90s at a military academy, um, which she got a lot of crap for back in the day. Sure, yeah. So just hearing her stories and like knowing what could happen in different scenarios here definitely prepared me. However, it was still, you know, a culture shock. Yeah, you know, you show up and like you're getting screamed at, and you're just like you can't do anything right, no matter how hard you try. But um, it was definitely a culture shock still. But I think I had less of a culture shock than kids that are like first generation military, because I semi knew what I was getting into. 
So it's not easy to get into military school at all. It's not easy. You have to keep up with yourself, with your grades. So what kind of things did you do throughout even your entire life to help prepare you for where you are? I obviously had to have really good grades. Um, so, you know, I had a really, really high GPA and then my test scores were good. That was a big part of it. Um, another big part of it was being involved in sports uh, to show like that you have the athleticism it takes to come here. Um, and obviously being athletic as a future leader is very important. Like you need to be able to keep up with these young, these young guys coming in. So um, yeah, I, I was captain of my swim team all four years of high school. And then I played on the soccer team. And I also was my club swim team captain. And uh, so that helped a lot. And um, yeah. it helped a lot that I was, you know, state a state finalist for swimming every every year in high school. And so that helped a lot. Um, I had to do a lot of extracurriculars, too. So, for example, I was really involved in my uh, city's government. So I would sit on the, um, like, town hall meeting committee um as like a, a guest um so I did that and then I did a lot of volunteer work like with NHS I was like NHS vice president and sergeant of arms and all that good stuff so yeah I did that's just a couple of things I did but um yeah I, I did a lot to get in here did you feel as a military child you were held to higher standards especially since not just your parents, but even your grandparents have been involved yeah. in the military. Yeah, I uh, I definitely did. There's that mindset when you're in the military. It's like you you don't you don't fail. You complete your mission. And I always I always knew that I I wanted to go do something bigger than myself. Um, and I wasn't gonna like I it might have been hard some days, but like I knew I was not gonna give up because this is what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and my parents made sure that. I would not quit yeah you know like my parents would keep up with everything I was doing not in like an overbearing way but you know they held me accountable which is something that like needs to happen it's extremely important yeah being a military child you've you experienced that life of a military child and how the moves went and everything of that nature what would you take away most from that I would say that it's, like, up to you to make the most out of your situations. Like, especially as a child, you know, like, your parents get deployed. Like, your parents could get severely injured overseas. Moving is hard. Nobody ever likes to move and have to make a whole new set of friends. But, like, it teaches you that you are braver than you think. Yeah. Um... It really just, it like, for me, it just made me really know that, like, I have a strong mentality. Yes. Like, if I set my mind to getting through something, I'm going to get through it. So that's my biggest takeaway. And then because of your background uh, and both parents being in the military, did you feel that at some point in your life you were, you felt drawn more to one parent than the other uh, because one was home more than the other or... What was that situation like growing up in a military family? So I I didn't necessarily draw towards my parents differently. Um, I talked to them about 
different subjects. Like I talk to my dad about wanting to get like my parachute badge. I'll talk to my mom about like female problems here. Um, if there's one person I really gravitated towards though, it was my grandpa because he was a pilot. So I, I just really admired him and, you know, he's really old now and, you know, he has dementia and, um, but the one thing he remembers is his pilot career. So, I mean, I still gravitate towards him and he tells me all his stories and it's crazy how he, how that's like the one thing he remembers and could talk about it. Yeah, it was such a big part of his life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I really gravitate towards him because uh, I want to carry on his legacy. So, Did you spend a lot of time with him growing up? Mm-hmm. They always moved where we moved, except they didn't move to Texas. They stayed in Washington. But uh, growing up, my parents were working all the time when I was little, like before I went to school. So uh, my grandparents raised me. How hard was that? Did you find it harder or easier, actually? Because, I mean, your parents weren't around as much and you had to live with your grandparents or they raised you more. Yeah. So my mom got out after 11 years, like a year after my brother was born. Mm-hmm. So um, it was it was fine. Like I'd be at my grandparents' house during the day with my mom. Um, and I grew up knowing that like my dad needed to work. So I was, I was fine with that. Like I never had any problems. I knew he was working. So yeah. Um, but I mean, every kid like adores their grandparents, you know, yeah. you go to grandma and grandpa's and they're like, here's $5. Let's go. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, Yay. So I, and I, I really don't remember most of it. I don't remember most of it. I um I just remember starting school and I would still like go to their house after school, but yeah. then my parents would pick me up and so I never had any trouble with it. It just felt normal because yeah. that's what you were used to. That was mm-hmm. your normal. Yes. And then so your grandpa who had flown, that was kind of why you started to want to join the Air Force because you can't really fly as much in the army. Um, what kind of things did he do in the Air Force that you would like, or in the Army, because he was in the Army, right? What kind Mm -hmm. of things did he do that you want to carry forward? Yeah, so, uh, my grandpa, he, he, uh, he was a chief warrant officer in the Army. Um, at the time, he was a chief warrant officer for, which was the highest ranking warrant officer. Um, back during the Vietnam War, the warrant officers were trained, like, for, um, flying, Mm-hmm. just specifically flying right so my grandpa he was trained to fly um lots of cargo planes and he would drop um supplies um to like trapped americans yeah in the, in the vietnam war um he's in a book called we were soldiers once and young i did not realize how how big of a deal he was until like a few years ago um he has over sixteen thousand flying hours which is Wow, a lot. Yeah, and I, I really didn't realize how big of a deal that was, um, until I heard a general I was talking with say, "I have five thousand hours," and I was like, "Whoa, my grandpa has like three times that." I yeah. was like, "He is a huge deal." So, uh, yeah, he flew in the army, um, and then he, once he was once he retired from the army, he flew, um, for he flew civilian. And, uh, but he was, he worked as a civilian contractor for the army. So he was still doing like little cargo transports and all that. But, um, 
yeah, that's what he did. Yeah. So that influenced you a lot of to where yeah. you are today. Have you gotten to fly yet or are you still kind of in training? So I start I start flying this summer. Yeah. I um I go to glider training. So gliders are like these little engineless planes that um operate off of the wind currents. So it's gonna teach me how to fly with wind currents. So I'm super excited for that. That sounds really exciting. Uh do you have any goals that you wanna accomplish in the Air Force while you're in? I want to be a cargo pilot. You don't hear much about cargo pilots, um, but yeah. I want to fly the C-5, and the C-5 is the, the biggest aircraft the U.S. has in inventory. Um, so that would be a huge accomplishment. Um, being a female general would be uh, pretty dope, too. Yeah. So we'll, see. we'll see how that goes. You don't see that many places. No, you don't. So you're kind of, you know, on track to even making history because... Hopefully. We'll see. Yeah. There's not many females that, you know, even consider joining the military mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. I know I considered it for a little while, and then, mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen a complete opposite side than most people would even like to see. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that, you know, pushed me away from it instead of towards it. But yeah. what would you give advice to a military child or even technically what could be one day your children? I would say to just find the joy in everything that you do. You know, war is, war is a terrible thing and having your parents deployed um, and living on a base, you see like the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. But you just need to keep an open mind and really enjoy like the situation you're in. Um, I think really just take a, mo- a minute and step back and realize like what the people around you are doing. Yeah. So I would just say to like find the joy in everything, make connections everywhere you go, talk to people, like learn their stories. Everybody has a story. So, yes. Yeah. I think that's great advice. And what was it like for your parents to deploy? Were you, do you remember those days where there a time that both parents were deployed at the same time or so my dad he uh he never technically deployed um because he was medical right so he was always more yeah. stateside and especially um and he wasn't like combat medic or anything he was he was a neurosurgeon so you know yeah. he was he was taking care of the severely wounded patients that right. had brain damage and needed help my dad, though, when he got out, he worked away from home for about three years. So I got a like feeling of that deployment yeah. type for a bit. Um, but him being away was definitely hard. So because you got the medical side of it, and that's really how we met both in Texas at the same time and, you know, in the same class and everything, how... What was your experience in the medical side of the military? Because it was it's completely different being, you know, in the side that I was where my dad was actually wounded and your dad was helping to care for those. It definitely was a lot more stable. You know, I, did, I, I didn't have to worry about my dad being at work overseas and, and getting hurt. I didn't have to right. worry about any of that. Um, but, you know... What I did have to see was, you know, my dad come home every day from work upset because he lost someone. Yeah. Or, you know, 
when you see the Wounded Warrior commercials, my dad, it's hard seeing him, like, be able to pick out the people that he operated on. Yeah, I'm sure. And so I ex- I think that I experienced a different side of it than, like, a, a kid whose parents were combat-oriented would. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely experienced more of um, the secondhand trauma of it. Right. Um, but... Yeah, it was just a completely different experience. Do you think that was harder as a child having the, you know, your dad come home and it's hard on him? Did it translate to you? I really don't think the situations are comparable. They're so different. Right, for sure. Like, I, I could never compare my situation to you in your situation just because they're so different. So, yeah, but I think definitely knowing, like, both sides. Like, um, being under, being able to like understand my dad and his job and then understanding your dad and his job, it's very important, but you just, you can't, you just can't compare the two because they're so different. That's so true. And like, technically while my dad was in Texas, his job was recovery. That's it. He was, I mean, he was still part of the army. He was still living the military life. He still had, you know, all these like PT, he still had formation and but his his days were spent going in and out of doctor's appointments trying to recover try to get better before you know we were technically released from the medical and he was able to come home and you kind of experienced the side more where it was trying to help in the recovery and assist and mm-hmm. and help in yeah. getting better so it's hard. It's definitely hard. And I mean, like you said, we cannot compare our stories. We can, you know, we can share them to the world all we want, but one military yeah. child lives a completely different lifestyle than another military child. And it's just the way it is. You can't compare the two. Mm-hmm. Even um, other uh, kids I know who are experiencing wounds like my dad uh our stories are still completely different and that's just mm-hmm. how how the military life runs right so Very true. yeah well do you have any last things you would like to say or any pieces of advice you'd like to give to civilians or I think that one thing that's very important is like knowing how big of a sacrifice that people are making. Yeah. We're not we're not all going to have to make that sacrifice, but there are people that are going to have to and I think that nowadays it's not looked as like heroic upon um I definitely know that now whenever like I see a combat oriented person or I see a wounded warrior, you know, it just makes me so emotional knowing that they like gave that sacrifice yeah. for our country. Um, and I think that some advice would just be to admire those people and to know their stories and to know why they wanted to serve and to know like how this has affected them. Um, I really just think gaining as much knowledge you can as about people um, and their stories is super important. So yeah, but other than that, no. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on and good luck to you and everything you've got going for you. And we'll have to have you back on to 
see where you are in the future. Thank you so much for tuning into the Grace of a Military Child podcast. For more inspiring stories like these, be sure to review, like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also find us on at Grace of a Military Child podcast on Instagram, and be sure to check out our YouTube page. If you are or know of a military child who would like to be featured on an episode of this podcast, DM us on Instagram. Be sure to tune in next week when we hear another inspiring story. Until then. Until then.